At Best Western, we can't promise you the perfect family beach vacation. We can't promise that it won't rain, or that you won't get a sunburn, or that your family won't endearingly call you Lobster Mom for weeks afterward. What we can promise is a warm welcome and a comfortable room amidst all the joyful chaos. Lobster Mom. Life's a trip. Make the most of it at Best Western, with over 4,200 hotels worldwide. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. sitting in a bar waiting for a Tinder date. Why? I don't know why anymore. I think it's because I'm not a shark. I recently learned that female sharks can reproduce asexually. When a lady shark gets sick of waiting for him to swing by her reef, she just pops out her own little embryo. But as a 34-year-old woman, if I want to have a baby in the next five years, I need a man. Or at the very least, sperm. This is The Longest Shortest Time. I'm Andrea Salenzi. Welcome to Chapter 1 of our three-part series, A Single Lady's Guide to Sperm Shopping. As we begin, let me say that I know a lot of you have shopped for sperm or eggs or embryos before, especially queer couples, those with fertility challenges, and other single people trying to be parents. I actually have long email friendships with some of you going through this. And so far, one thing is really clear to me. I'm over-the-top obsessed with sperm. I've brought my own kind of crazy to this process, and you're going to hear it. So for the next three episodes, you can follow along in my head as I lay out my options, my rational fears, there are many, and my personal revelations. I like to be early for my dates. It's the kind of hack you learn after previously hosting a dating podcast. I claim a seat at the bar, make sure my date will be sitting on my better side, find a bathroom, check my lip gloss, make friends with the bartender for safety. Then I kill time on my phone, trying to feel hopeful. Maybe this guy will be someone I could love. I glance at the door, try to play it cool. No sign of the dude, who, for my purposes here... It's just an amalgam of every guy I've ever been on a first date with. I don't want to be here. I think maybe I should use this time to text a friend, ask them to be a sperm donor someday. I start the message. Would you ever popping champagne bottle emoji into a cup emoji so I could pregnant emoji? I scroll through my contacts looking for the right friend. And I realize a couple things. First. Most of my friends don't have sperm. The ones who do are either professional contacts or married. And also, this is embarrassing to admit, but I never forged a lifelong bond with a gay male best friend who knows me inside and out and lives next door, which is the level of intimacy I'd expect before asking for their water droplets emoji. I start a list of questions on my phone to ask the dude when he gets here. What do you want out of life? Do you ever feel like the last one standing in a game of musical chairs? I could bail on my date, 
spend the night signing up with a sperm bank instead. The idea gives me a shiver. Sure, there are the creepy headlines about herds of donor-conceived children and fertility doctors taking things into their own hands. But it's more than that for me. It's like when you finally call to make a doctor's appointment, and the act of saying out loud what the problem is suddenly makes it real. I once visited a sperm bank website, and when it innocently asked me for my email address just to send me a free newsletter, I had to close down my whole browser. I'm slouching in my stool now, propping my head up with my hands. I'm so over dating. I don't even text flirt. I just line up dates at times that are convenient. I don't beg my friends to take extra photos of me for my profile when I'm looking extra cute. One guy I was dating teased me for not even trying, said my perfume that night was deodorant. I'm like the Bill Murray character in the middle part of Groundhog Day, where he just doesn't care anymore. He can't stop throwing himself in front of cars. Nothing's going to change. Why bother? The thing I'm actually working towards is making sure I'll be ready to be a good parent someday. Last year, I started a 529 college savings plan. Had it put in my name since I don't know my kid's name yet. When I bought a kitchen table, I made sure it was used with soft corners so my kid could eventually ruin it, hide under it, took a fertility test, started hosting a parenting podcast, and created a section of my bookshelf that's nothing but parenting books that I will probably never read. I'm about to open up Dude's profile again, try to remember what he does for a living. But instead, I remembered this email from a listener. Andrea, have you heard of this app? It's like Tinder, but for finding your sperm donor. Could you check it out so I don't have to? And for some reason, Tinder for sperm. As someone who's logged more hours on dating apps than anyone I know, felt like the perfect baby step, so to speak. I open my phone, and I type in the name of the app. It's called Just a Baby. While it downloads, I hide my screen from the friendly bartender. Maybe he'll think I'm sexting. Just a baby. Who's ever said that about a baby? Is it sick? Just a baby. I think I'm pregnant. Okay, it's just a baby. By the time my app is done downloading, the dude arrives. We start chatting about his movie and taco preferences. While I enjoy the secret knowledge that I have a way out of this. It's sitting in my back pocket. Check, check, check. Anybody there? I'm in the Chicago suburbs visiting my family. You're going to have to put your phone away. Two more minutes. Oh, <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh, I set up microphones around the kitchen table before dinner and asked if we could all have a chat. Up first. I'm Michael Salenzi, Andrea's younger brother. And you might know this voice from ads on our show. I'm the mom. When I slid into this host chair nearly two years ago, I made it clear. If dating doesn't work out, and it hasn't, I'm ready to become a single parent. You and I first talked about this maybe three years ago, and I think I said, okay. Yeah, when you told me, I didn't take it very serious. I'm like, you're, you know, you're still young in my eyes, and 
that sounded ridiculous to me. You know, I think you can find a boyfriend and a future husband and a future father to your child. Am I young in your eyes, Mom? Yes, even though, of course, I, now I'm obligated to say this, when I was your age, I was already the mother of elementary school children. But I wouldn't necessarily do that again if I were in this generation. Okay, but last Christmas, my mom and I went out for margaritas and nachos, and I told her my plan. When I'm 37, I'll move back to Chicago, buy a place, find some sperm, and we'll do this. I remember my mom taking a swig from her glass, licking the salt off her lips. 37? How about 35? I said that to you? I said, I think I'm good till 37. And you said, "Mm, 35. (laughs) I don't really remember, but it does sound like something I'd say. As young as I may look or feel, and as much as I'd like it to be a social construct created by the patriarchy, my biological clock is real. You, you can't start at 35 and expect to be successful right away. And I've known people who haven't tried until they were 40 and 42. And I think you've interviewed people who said they waited too long. Okay, but there are many millions of cases of 40-year-old women having babies. It happens. Normally, I'm fine doing things last minute. But not this. This choice isn't a far-off hypothetical for me. I'm here asking my family if they'll not just help me assemble a crib, but if they'll take over if I'm injured during childbirth, if they'll live with me if I accidentally have twins. But my brother isn't hearing me yet. So many things can change in two years. There's numerous people that meet somebody, get engaged, get married, and have kids within a span of two years. I don't know if I could do that. Every relationship ends after two years. So, like... The idea that I would meet someone, it doesn't make it any more secure that we would get there. Maybe your mindset is that you're going to go to a sperm bank. Maybe that's part of the problem is that, you know, that's your mindset and that you all have that, that you have that backup plan could be a problem. Michael, are you saying that because she's got a backup plan, she's not trying to implement plan A? Like her backup plan is her plan B. I think her plan A is still to try to have it all, you know, which is, of course, what I'm the mom. I want Andrea to have it all. I want her to have the loving relationship and the happy home life and then the joy of expecting a child with the person that you love. But I think if you can't have plan A, that's everybody's dream. If you can't get plan A doesn't mean you go to no plan. It means you go to plan B. I hate admitting it, but my brother has a point. I haven't been able to close my eyes and picture plan A for a while. They say you won't be successful at dating until you write a list of what you're looking for. But right now, all my lists are about kids. The dude is good-looking. I get distracted while he talks. I look at where his watch sits on his wrist, how his tricep stretches the sleeve of his T-shirt, his choice in socks. I had swiped right on the dating app because of a photo of him hanging out on a couch with his nephew. But on my date with the dude, and sorry, 
dude is no longer an amalgam of guys, but now an actual memory of a real date from a few months ago. So on this date, I order the wrong beer. It tastes like grapefruit. Makes my whole mouth feel like sticky candy. He asks why I'm not drinking it. He keeps offering to get me a new beer, but I'm too embarrassed to admit I picked wrong, so I keep trying to drink it. I look around the bar and realize all the other tables are full of people our age, but they know each other, friends and couples and coworkers. How has my life gone so awry that I'm here with a total stranger? I forget all my questions for dude. We have these long lulls of silence where I look down at my terrible beer, back at his arms, back at my beer. I can't tell if he's offering to get me a new beer because he wants to make sure I'm drunk enough to make out with him or to prove some point about his craft beer knowledge or if he's genuinely concerned about my well-being. I just can't picture how you make a future with anyone. How do we get from this conversation to me someday learning all the names of the dude's cousins, his arm around me at an office holiday party, holding hands in a delivery room. During our next lull in conversation, I start crying. He notices. It's embarrassing, which only makes me cry more. I can't make it stop. I'm fanning my face and covering my eyes with my hands. Um, I'm sorry. I'm just really tired of dating. People are looking now. The bartender comes over to ask if he can get me a new beer, which only makes me cry harder. If this were a rom-com, Dude and I would have ended up together. Instead, he'll kiss me goodnight and say, I'd invite you back to my place, but you seem kind of emotional. Walking home, I remember closing my eyes and trying to picture my sperm donor. Stay with us. At Best Western, we can't promise you the perfect family beach vacation. We can't promise that it won't rain, or that you won't get a sunburn, or that your family won't endearingly call you Lobster Mom for weeks afterward. What we can promise is a warm welcome and a comfortable room amidst all the joyful chaos. Lobster Mom. Life's a trip. Make the most of it at Best Western with over 4,200 hotels worldwide. The Just a Baby app was founded two years ago in Sydney, Australia by two guys, Gerard Edwards and Paul Ryan. I'm Paul Ryan, and I approve this message. Sorry, not that one. Uh, This one. Here he is being interviewed by the History Channel. It's for people thinking, I want to have a baby, or I want to help someone else make a baby. Because we can't make a baby by ourselves, right? Right. That is, until I figure out how to become a shark. And then I'll just download the app, Just a Baby Shark. Baby shark. But seriously, Here is how you can make a baby using an app. Here's Paul Ryan on ABC News. We've got a sperm donor who's 21 kilometers away, who's ready to go right now. Right now? Yeah. And here we've got 
a lady with eggs and a boom, and she's looking for a donor, and she's five kilometres away, and she's ready to go right now. So these two people could easily just match M up and... Match up and start chatting if they haven't already started. And make a baby. That's right. Now, two Aussie men have created a mobile phone app. This app allows people of all walks of life to achieve one common goal, becoming parents. You just log on, create a profile, and connect with potential conception partners around the world. The dramatic season finale of The Bachelorette begins. So I'm home on my couch watching something dumb on TV. When I open the app, I feel like I've been training for just a baby since I was in college. At first, it feels like a dating app. Andrea, 34, lives in Los Angeles. Check the box for eggs, the box for womb, add a cute photo. And then I set my search filters and head over to the swipey screen. It feels like a more honest version of Tinder. I imagine myself in a nature documentary. The female is ready for a mate. She's presented with a male. He's 66 kilometers away, dressed in a red T-shirt. Noting his soft jawline and receding hairline, the female swipes left. I swipe through some lonely-looking guys at my usual Tinder speed. Like lots of corners of the internet, they're using abbreviations that I don't understand. N-I, A-I, some guys say N-I only. What is that? There's Diego, who's 22 years old. He wants to have a baby with me. Go me. Donald, who's 55 and likes me. Sorry, old man. Some guys aren't here using their real names. There's Alpha Breeder, 32. He's using a cartoon instead of his real face. Some of the things that I've always found annoying when online dating, like a topless gym selfie, suddenly feels like important data here. But it's not all dudes. Queer women are there sharing wedding photos. A man says, I met my soulmate too late. We're seeking an egg donor. And then I see a good-looking couple. The husband writes, My wife had a miscarriage that took away her ability to have a baby. My heart goes out to them. They seem so sweet. Maybe we could co-parent. I tentatively swipe right. The husband quickly responds, offering to donate twice. Would you be willing to have two children sign over the parental rights for the second one? I'm used to opening messages like, what do you like on your pizza? There's something eerie about using the same device I use to order sushi or car service to make a baby. It's that feeling you get when something from the future just arrived and you weren't paying attention. Like the first time you saw a hologram in an airport bathroom mirror or heard a news story about meat grown in a lab. And I'm not the only one who feels this way. Just a Baby is a new app that is being called Tinder for Babies. This made a perfect chat segment on The View. I'm a little uncomfortable with the casual nature of it, just because yes. having a child is one of the most important things that you can do in your life. But I don't and think the anyone's going to take that lightly. App, picking out a sperm donor. Well, that it's you know no different than getting on the computer and just... picking out a guy to go. I mean, and sometimes it works out beautifully. Whoopi would know. She stars in my favorite sperm movie, Made in America. You know what? I'll just tell you next week. But on The View, host Sarah Haynes basically explains why I downloaded the app. Maybe you just look at this and see kind of what's out there and what the options are and who's around. It, like, I, I think it's— I'm uncomfortable. It with might destigmatize it. 
when people first started online dating, we were all scandalized. You think you can find love online? Whatever happened to meeting people in real life? But the world had been changing for a while, and a lot of us felt more comfortable doing it in an app. Just a Baby is one of the many online tools that exist to provide an alternative to the old-fashioned sperm bank. The reason you go to a sperm bank is for an anonymous donor. But now, with genetic testing, your donor-conceived child is probably going to find that other person someday. So why not do it before you make a baby? With services like Just a Baby, the users are willing to go out for coffee and see if you vibe. They're willing to come up with a plan for contact before the kid's 18. I talked to Paul Ryan about this. Hi, I'm Paul Ryan. Sorry, the Australian app developer, Paul Ryan. I've only just recently started using the app and meeting people and looking for myself. Paul Ryan just went through a breakup after a three-year-long relationship. And now, at almost 40, it's on his mind more than ever. He agrees that meeting your potential donor is important. For me personally, I mean, I'm obviously not looking for sperm, but if I was, then for me personally, I would want to psychoanalyze the biological father. The best sperm banks can offer you a handwriting sample, an audio recording, childhood photos, a personal essay, celebrity lookalikes. But no sperm bank can offer you the chance to sit down with your donor and ask them anything. Because you're going to make a little replica to never meet my sperm donor face-to-face before making a baby with them? I don't think I can do that. Call me old-fashioned, but before you put your ejaculate inside of me, be nice to meet first. Which is why I think an app like Just a Baby is making the process more human, not less. The word donor implies a transaction of seminal fluid, like it really does to me. Whereas... Finding the person, finding that soul, that person, then it will change everything, I think. I think it's one of the most important decisions that you're ever going to make is choosing the other person. In a bit, I take a closer look at those choices. Best Western, we can't promise you the perfect family beach vacation. We can't promise that it won't rain, or that you won't get a sunburn, or that your family won't endearingly call you Lobster Mom for weeks afterward. What we can promise is a warm welcome and a comfortable room amidst all the joyful chaos. Lobster Mom. Life's a trip. Make the most of it at Best Western, with over 4,200 hotels worldwide. The model behind Just a Baby is what's called private donation. In the U.S., private donation is a way to avoid the anonymity and the cost associated with the sperm bank. Just a Baby isn't even the most popular place for finding a private donor. It's more common to do this in your browser still, through websites like the Known Donor Registry and through Facebook groups. I talked to the guy who runs the Facebook group, Sperm Donation USA. So my name is uh, Kyle Gordy. I live in Los Angeles. I'm 28. I've been a 
private sperm donor for a little bit over five years now. Kyle's one of the most vocal figures I found in private donation. There are videos of him on international news sites and other languages. He's quoted in the New York Post, amongst other news outlets, calling himself a modern-day Jesus. A lot of moms find him through Google. My website is BePregnantNow.com. BePregnantNow.com. It's the first time I ever worried that typing in a URL could get me pregnant. BePregnantNow.com, no spaces. And he means now. Because Kyle's had a lot of luck getting women pregnant. The first time he ever did it was with a couple he met on Craigslist. It worked the first time they tried. It's pretty funny because I'm like, wow, I'm too fertile or something. Since then, he's gotten really into it. I know I'm going to be donating to someone soon. I start taking like 18 supplements a day. His first month on these supplements, he got three women pregnant. Kyle won't tell you exactly how many kids he's helped to make. He just says, Yeah, um, it, it's 15 plus. I think Kyle knows that if he says any number higher than that, someone like me would be less likely to use him as a donor. I'm already fairly sure he's not for me. He's just way too into sperm donation. Kyle's donating for free, something other men are paid as much as $12,000 a year to donate. Why do you do this? Like, I think it's like a regret kind of thing. Like, what if I get older and never have kids? You know what I mean? You're going to regret it. So at least this gives me a way to have kids. And obviously other women, you know, women and couples, lesbian singles are going to be able to help and have a kid themselves. So I think everyone in this situation benefits. The more time I spent on Just a Baby and in the Facebook group, the more I started to wonder... If some of these guys are here for reasons beyond a love for babies and helping women, I started to wonder if some guys do it for sex. This became especially clear after I learned what AI and NI meant. AI refers to artificial insemination, using a cup and a syringe. NI is for natural insemination. It's common to see the phrase NI preferred or NI only. I saw some guys offering to pay to fly you out to where they live so they can perform NI. There are profiles where guys mention their dick size, as if that matters for conceiving, or how much ejaculate they can produce. Some guys brag about how much they love having sex with lesbians. I learned that some of these guys have a breeding kink, which must be a kink as old as time. But then I got obsessed with this whole new thing to worry about an even darker motivation. Around the time I first signed up for Just a Baby, white nationalists were marching in Charlottesville. And my nightmares for weeks were these chants. I looked into the eyes of these mostly white men, whose profiles talk about wanting to carry on their bloodline, who post their 23andMe results, who brag about things like being descended from America's founding fathers. My wires got crossed. I became convinced, without any evidence, that I was looking into the eyes of men who were there as an act of white supremacy. My imagination didn't stop there. I messaged with a guy who confirmed my other worst fear, that some men who donate also identify with online subcultures of incels, the involuntarily celibate. The incel movement has ties to men's rights. They're angry at women for not sleeping with them. 
for these guys who struggle at finding romantic or sexual partners, it's easy to imagine that finding a woman in need of free sperm might be an easier conquest. This is a guy who started messaging me. He's from the Netherlands. Good morning. I just woke up. My girlfriend just left to work a few hours ago. Today, I am going to the hospital to do a blood test to test HIV. I need all of you to pray for me, okay? This is a video vlog he sent me. He posted it to YouTube. He's been on a long vacation in Bangkok and needs to get tested before he donates his sperm to a woman who lives there. I've been with a ton of girls since I came here and pretty much all of them raw, no condom. I hope I don't have HIV. If I do have it, it's over for me. You can live an okay life with HIV, but I cannot donate sperm anymore. And I want to donate sperm because I want to have many children. Why? Because... I don't know. It's just what I'm programmed to do, I feel. Back in the Netherlands, James told me he went through long, painful stretches without sex. James tags his videos with hashtag incel, even though during his trip to Southeast Asia, he's not so celibate. At the end of the video, he tests negative for HIV and syphilis. I'm a sperm donor. This lady paid for my whole trip, paid for the tests. I want to have tons and tons of children. Why? Because I'm a f***ing man. Every man should reproduce at any cost necessary. You should do whatever you can in your power to reproduce. Most people would have stopped the research there. Like, I get it. There are all kinds of people on the internet. But I became so convinced that there are sperm donors fueled by a hatred of women and their desire to conquer them, that I could be tricked into having a little Genghis Khan baby. This whole time, I've been researching my backup plan. But clearly, I'm doing it wrong. I'm doing it almost with the purpose of unraveling the plan. I'm trying to destroy it for good. It's my way of saying... I don't get to fall in love and have a baby, then any baby I have is clearly going to be the double spawn. It wasn't until I talked to my friend Kathy that I realized what this is really about. I'm scared. I would remember just looking desperately, looking for signs, you know, that is this the right time? Is this the right person? Is this the right situation? Kathy Geiswhite was our guest on the show last week. She created the Kathy comic strip that ran for over 30 years. We talked about her amazing book, 50 Things That Aren't My Fault. And I wondered if Kathy was the one who could help me make sense of how to move forward. She became a single mom through adoption. I remember thinking that while the birth mother was in labor and I was sitting next to her in the hospital going, is this the right thing? Is this going to feel like my baby? Is this going to, yeah. how's it going to be? When did it feel like your baby? Yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Kathy reminded me that uncertainty and fear is part of this process. There is never a day that's going to be the day to decide to do it. It's just, it's never going to be the right day. I don't think when you're couples, I don't even think that then in most cases, it's never the right day to say, okay, now we're going to shake, completely shake up our universe and bring a kid into it. So for a single person especially, it's never going to be the right day. Kathy found her day thanks to advice from an adoption facilitator. She said you literally have to take baby steps and you just like do the next thing. 
So you just have to, like, do one thing. You have to fill out the adoption form. I said, okay, you know, I'll try to do that. And then she said, well, then you have to do the, you know, the next little step. In one of Kathy's steps, she matched and met with a birth mother. But Kathy called the whole thing off. And the adoption facilitator said, "Mm," you know, she said, I think you're just, like, really scared about it. And, you know, just take a step back. Let's just wait a while and then take another little step forward. So she took another step, met with another birth mother. And even though with this birth mother, she didn't hear angels singing, she noticed other things. Like, they looked like sisters. Their bond felt deep and intimate. So Kathy said yes. She went from baby steps to a baby. So my advice to you is that every week, starting today, you do something. You actually do something. It could be researching sperm donation or adoption or making a list of men in my life who'd make good fathers. You need to go to Macy's or Target and you need to buy a little baby outfit and just see how that feels hanging in your house. That thought freaks me out. It'd be terrible to buy something that could go to waste. But Kathy doesn't see it that way. You're not conflicted about whether or not to be a mom. So that's in your favor. It's going to happen for you, one way or the other. Next time on The Longest Shortest Time, for my next baby step assignment, I'm going to the sperm bank. Oh, the door's open. Oh, thank you. We'll see if they can meet my requirements, the explainable ones, and the totally random ones. What's the biggest must-have criteria? Like, what's the one thing you cannot live without? He's got to be smart. Okay. I have, my dream, my dream okay. kid is like in the corner of a room reading a book. Like, mommy, can I help you clean the kitchen? So he's English. <laughs> your your dream your dream child is has an English know, accent. He has like an unexplainable English accent. That's in part two of our series, A Single Lady's Guide to Sperm Shopping. This episode was produced by me, Andrea Salenzi, with Elizabeth Nakano and Jackie Sajiko. Our editor this week is Peter Clowney, with help from Abigail Keel, who's also the senior producer of a show we love called Unladylike. Our show's creator and executive producer is Hillary Frank. Hillary and I shared a special announcement with you guys last week. Be sure to check out that bonus episode to hear about our plans for the rest of the year. Special thanks to CJ, Melanie, Tanya, Katie, Ryan, Sean, Kyle, Brian, and James for all your insight into the series. Our engineer is Pete Karam. Our music is performed by hotmoms.gov. We get editorial support from Antonia Acatunde, Anne-Marie Baldonado, Rekha Murthy, and Julia Wang. And as always, here at The Long Shortest Time, we want to hear your stories. Back in 2017, we did a series about workplace discrimination against moms. It was called... It's a real mother. We want to know, since listening, have things changed at all for you or your workplace? Go to longestshortesttime.com, hit the participate tab, and submit your story. Best Western, we can't promise you the perfect family beach vacation. We can't promise that it won't rain, or that you won't get a sunburn, or that your family won't endearingly call you Lobster Mom for weeks afterward. What we can promise is a warm welcome and a comfortable room amidst all the joyful chaos. Lobster Mom. 
life's a trip. Make the most of it at Best Western with over 4,200 hotels worldwide. 